plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like, like you, Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Welcome to Warriors Plus Minus. The preeminent, ultimate Golden State Warriors podcast. I'm joined with Anthony Slater, Ethan Strauss, and the boss man, Tim Kawakami. And we don't know exactly what to talk about. Marcus, you're not supposed to tell them that. Like, that's something that only we're supposed to know. I mean, know I figured I'd let them behind the curtains. You know, oh, we were talking yeah. about the West Wing. So I'm like, hey, man, let's, <laughs> let's, go, let's go behind the curtains. Let's, let's see how CJ Craig makes it happen. CJ Craig, what a pull. You know, Ethan, do you want to share how you're being accosted by opposing executives for your takes? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pre-record conversation. Let's just say theoretically other NBA executives dislike the conversation. I'll, I'll put myself into it, you know, supposing that the Warriors have a shot at Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, l- l- let's just say that generally, and, and I don't think that's To wrong. be clear... Yeah. None of us have said it's probably going to no. happen. None of us have said that. I just have seen it happen again and again. What the superstar wants, the superstar gets. So I always frame it as, well, if that's what he wants, and if he has the willpower to make it happen, then I believe it will happen. I don't know if that's what he wants, and there's a lot to be determined, and maybe he wants the Raptors, and Slater floated the Mavericks situation. How about the Miami wants- Heat? How about the Miami Heat? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That might be a KD kind of, it hurts his reputation if he gets eliminated by the Heat and joins them, but I think Marcus might have thoughts on that that we can get to later. I've just seen it happen too often in the league. I've seen the whole song and dance. I've seen the, no, they would never let that superstar leave. They're never going to. Greg Popovich is going to draw a line in the sand or a bunch of other scenarios. The Pelicans are not going to do this for Anthony Davis. They are not going to bend the Lakers' will because Greg Popovich called them and told them not to. And it pretty much always happens. So... That's where I'm at on it. I understand the unique circumstances. To be clear, none of us have said it's probably going to happen. There's just a Slater level, and then there's lesser, lesser. And well, I would say I would think most people in the league are on my. Of yeah, my I would opinion. say Slater is a nine on it not happening. But Slater, how how much of it is? I might be a ten on it not happening. By the way, whoa, ten. How much is it wishful thinking, and how much is it like they actually like intel? I think. Um... A little bit of both, mostly just like, it's just logistically just seems very unlikely, particularly with the time crunch we're talking about. I mean, we could just replay the 20 minute segment we had last week. I know, I know, I know. Laid out (laughs) why Milwaukee, in my opinion, just we'll we'll just I mean, the Bucks did lose game one to Miami. Yeah, we are are in a different, sort of different situation. Yeah, they they lost game one. They stay, hey, listen, they still could win the series. They still lost game one to the Magic. Every time they lose. Well, well, there's a little bit of a difference between them losing game one to the magic there and the is. heat which is that the magic stink <laughs> the magic aren't very good but they are a high variance team they are high variance they do have those losses where the shots just don't fall and people wonder what's wrong and then it just goes back the other direction so i would not panic jimmy butler shot 24 percent from three this season and he's shooting 66 percent right now in the playoffs bubble so. baby 
Yeah, I, don't I told know. y'all Just, that bubble's about toughness, man. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, no doubt. For Look, the Heat might beat them. I still don't think that means Giannis is getting traded. Yeah, I, I think I think the main thing I'm going on. I think Sam Amick actually wrote it this morning. I went, whoa, is that this call might really? I mean, it might happen this summer. Well, it's not summer anymore. It's going to happen this off season. If you're Giannis, that's when you make the decision, and maybe the decision is going to be to stay. But the fact that it's playing into this season plays into the Warriors' hands because they really aren't a factor in a year. They're a factor now because they can't sign him straight up as a free agent. And they can't do a sign-and-trade without you know all kinds of salary cap issues. They can try to trade for him now. That's where they're, you know, if it's a generally a 10% shot, I'd say that's because it's either this year or it's next year. If it's just this year, I think the Warriors pump up to like 15, 18, 20%. Just because this is the better salary time for them to do it. This is the better cap moment. If they're, you know, again, with all these weird complications with this pandemic season. But I think it really, like, this is when it's beginning to telescope. And this is what happens in postseasons. And you got two years to go, or one plus year, I should say, to go with Giannis. It's like, well, wait a minute. Do you want to make the decision now, or do you want to wait for another frustrating year, and maybe you have less options in a year? This is why this happened. The same thing happening with Anthony Davis. The same thing happened. Like, you, the pressures become, okay, it's not next summer when you actually are a free agent. It's now. Make your decision now. And I think it ticks up the Warriors' role in this you know a little bit more not a great deal more and again as ethan says nobody's saying it's likely to happen but if they go out and losing a game to orlando is a bad sign even though they come back to win it easily and losing game one to miami which is really lined up to be able to play the bucks tough throughout i mean this is going to be a long series if, if the bucks win it and it might be a quick series the other way I think it pushes more teams into it. The more teams that are into it, Giannis might just say, I want to go to the Warriors and figure out a way to do it. Again, slight chance, but it's a more of a chance now if he, if he does it this offseason than if he, he waits another year, which again is probable, is likely, whatever. But I think it's just ticking up a little bit as just kind of, the, the, as always, the emotions kind of ramp up in the middle of the playoffs. You saying we got a chance? <laughs> we got a chance. So we're going to keep fighting. <laughs> I don't think this is a seismic summer for superstars to make decisions. You know, like you look at the Davis contract situation, he's probably just going to kind of like punt it a little bit down the road. This almost two playoff teams, I know to the Warriors, this is a very separated season. They were terrible 15 and 50. They're not going to play for 10 months. They have a really important next season. To me, for a lot of these teams, it almost feels like a two seasons are going to be kind of fused together. And just the weirdness coming out of the bubble, the unknown of next year, this just doesn't to me seem like a time to like oh i gotta force my way out in the middle of this unknown i don't hold on is it smart to become a free agent though when you don't know what the free agent numbers will be well that's in another year well he's gonna become a free agent regardless even if he gets traded i mean he'll be under you know it's like he has to sign a new contract if you're the warriors and Giannis doesn't happen do you say let's wait another year and let's see if we can get him or yeah what if an extension is better I truly believe point. the Warriors just think they're going forward with Andrew Wiggins. That's really what I believe. Just talking to, to Myers like I did last week, I'll just say he really emphasized they want to see this minicamp. They want to see Wiggins with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, which clearly they haven't done. One game with Steph, with Wiggins, and zero games with Clay. They want to see how that flows. To me, that implies <laughs> they might go in and love it, and they might go in and go, uh, this is not working. They clearly won't say that if it happens. 
But I think some of that happened with D'Angelo Russell last training camp. And I think this is going to be an interesting time. I think they might come out of it going, hmm, now what are we going to do? What are we going to do? This may or may not work with Andrew Wiggins. But my point is, nah, Wiggins, come on. Do you line it all up for, for Giannis no matter what? Or or like, do you have to start thinking about some other ways to improve this team? You think about other ways. Now, if the Giannis situation just presents itself at the front door, obviously you pull the trigger. But like, to me, I don't know about you guys, but in my, you know, behind the scenes conversations with almost all the people that matter their brains are talking about like the the Wiggins team next year and like different ways of that it's not just like all all Giannis speculation look yeah sure maybe Joe Lacob or you know some other people like still have this pipe dream but to me I just think like the realistic scenario to them is like how to figure out Wiggins and the truth is Wiggins is not Russell as far as awkward fit Wiggins is a perfect fit now I don't know how good Wiggins will become to me, they're not going to go to camp and be like, this, like, you know, small forward is not fitting on a roster that, like, clearly needs his skill set. Now, I just don't know how well they can maximize him, but I don't think they're going to decide that in, like, six practices. Let's think about it then. So let's say no Giannis, trying to make Wiggins work. What is their most realistic pathway to a championship? Do they have enough? What do they need to go right in order to get back and have another bite of that apple? The TPE, the MLE, and the draft pick, uh, you know, can be rotation pieces. Let's say they go wing in the draft. Let's say it's Edwards, and then maybe you try to go get a. I don't think a Baca or Gasol will be available. Maybe a Paul Millsap. You maybe you could use the TPE, and like we've talked about, Josh Richardson. I mean, there are they have tools to like fill out a rotation, and we're watching the West. This is not a loaded West. Like they will be right in the mix next year. I mean, this feels like like the most pragmatic grocery shopping of all time. Yeah. Like, yo, we can't really afford that steak, but if you yeah. get the ground beef and, <laughs> and you get some cheese, like you'd be good. Like that's not the Warriors front office that we know either. Again, this might be what they end up with. They got to be looking for yeah. They, they got to be looking and again. What if the answer is just no? Like you just can't yeah, get yeah. these guys. Then, then yeah, then you go ahead. I mean, that's, that's why answer, you say right? it, right? Yeah, that's why you say it. You say Wiggins is our guy. We're core four. We're gonna see how this goes. We like the way he fits. He might play some power forward. You, you say all those things, and they all might be true. But you're also kind of hoping more than you're believing because you haven't seen it. And and frankly, his career has not led you to believe to this point that he can play that role as a really good. You know, whatever role you want to call it, an Iguodala role, a mini Durant role, whatever he's going to be, Harrison Barnes role even, he hasn't been as good as Harrison Barnes was in 2015-16. He has not been that good. So we shall see. That's the problem, too, is, you, you know, it's not like you can trade him for anything great. If he was really valuable, he'd be good for them or they could trade him for something good, and they can't. But I do think they have to keep their mind open. They got to keep exploring and see what they can do with this. And they might not end up with anything. But man, I think that can't be their their. I think their focus has got to be trying to do something aggressive. To bring it back to the playoffs, are the Bucks in trouble? I mean, it's one game. We don't want to overreact. I remember uh, we had Charles Barkley doing the sweeping on the floor after the Blazers won Game One. At the same time, that wasn't that wasn't a lucky win. You know, I know Jimmy buckets went up, but the Bucks hit. Didn't the Bucks hit 16 threes in that game? If you were picking right now, I I mean, I don't know what the Vegas line says, but it's got to be at least 50-50 on this series. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, trouble seems just too early in a series to say trouble. You know, it's not like 3-1, it's not even 2-0. It wasn't even yes. a home loss, right? Yeah, it they lost like home, home court. <laughs> they better win the next one. If you get to a point where you got to win the next one, you're in some trouble. Then you win the next one and you're fine, but you've got to win the next one. I'd say the trouble is... Man, they got 18 points in the fourth quarter. Like, <laughs> and 
that against a Miami team who you know you got to get buckets against. They have shot creators, they have shot makers, and the question becomes always can Milwaukee answer with the offense? And this is another example of them not doing it. So from that sense, you know, if this stuff starts creeping in, it is troubling. Like they can obviously over they can obviously win the series, but it's still the question that is there for them. Can they get buckets when the game is on the line? And, what, and wasn't Adebayo supposed to be the Giannis stopper? And they didn't even play Adebayo on him at the end of the game. Well, Miami's uniquely built. It was Jay Crowder. It was Jay Crowder on him. Yeah. That's the thing. They have Adebayo. They have Jay Crowder. They have Andre Iguodala. They have Jimmy Butler. They're very uniquely built to guard Giannis. And also, hey, uh, we should probably criticize Giannis. He did not play well. He had a terrible turnover down the stretch. I think he went 4 of 12 for, on free throws. Was that? I think it was something like ridiculous like that. And he's clearly showing right now, like, there's just a different level, sometimes a playoff superstar. Like, he, he's not really, their mid-range isn't there. Nobody's afraid of the pull-up three. He hits it occasionally. But for an MVP, I, he was you've never seen MVP there. clank jumpers as bad as he, like, he can hit some jumpers, but he misses some jumpers. Like, he, true. And, and, he, and he's missing free throws. He's missing free throws. Like, that's the part where it's like, all right, that's not good. Because there's nothing, there's nothing else. They're baiting him into jumpers, and it's like, and you can also tell there's times where it's like, you know, like a if a dog can't get by a door or something, but they kind of keep trying. He's just like trying to like ram his way into the lane sometimes, and it's like you could just tell the defense is like, no, you you could shoot from twelve feet, but I mean they miss Eric Bledsoe, and that's the problem. Yeah, but you know they have some of those issues too with Bledsoe. I mean, certainly not a space. I know, but I'm saying like you're like yo, we gotta have Eric Bledsoe. That's that's, That's a big concern for me. <laughs> Let's just try to take this into another world. Like, if you've got Giannis, we all acknowledge maybe the most talented player in the NBA. He's just pound for pound with his size, with all the things he can do. What would be the pieces around him that would be ideal? Like, what does Giannis need around him to win a championship? Is it what the Bucks have? Is it something else? What would you pair with Giannis? Oh, that's a good Definitely question. shooters. Probably Steph Curry. <laughs> Ethan, no wonder all the NBA executives hate you. I'm serious. No, for real, you, you, it's you want, for real. You, you, like, yeah. yeah, you want you want a screen and roll that you can't switch. It'd be also great to have a guard who can screen for him as Steph does and pop out because he's kind of a strange player. He doesn't shoot from from the perimeter uh, comfortably, but he likes to operate almost like a guard from the perimeter and have the ball in his hand. So he is a bit of a strange fit. You know, there isn't an obvious there isn't an obvious fit for him other than a guy like Steph, and maybe you can throw some other names out there. Uh, maybe Luca would be an interesting one, although you could switch that in theory. So yeah, that's that's one name. I'm not trying to stir anything up. I mean, that's just. The most obvious fit. What's interesting with him, and you know, I've heard people talk about it. Like maybe long term, his best modern NBA fit is like he's a center. You know, he's basically the five. Obviously, he's high usage five. Yeah, he needs to play like that. I think that's what he needs. He needs the shooters that allow him to operate not from the top of the key, but at minimum, like high posts. Just bringing it down with five guys staring at you. That's not. That's not where he's going to be most effective, not in the playoffs. The weird thing is, like, that's not really Milwaukee's big problem. Like, Brooke Lopez is hitting threes now. Kyle Korver's out there. Chris Middleton, that is his specialty, like, shooting. Like, it's not like they're devoid of shooters. It just can look awkward. I just don't think they terrify people. They don't make people scared with the three. You feel like you can dip in and get out with them, whereas you put – with Duncan Robinson, you're not leaving him. Like that's nobody. You're not leaving. So I think they need some guys like that. Where it's like we've seen Middleton. He's a mid-range shooter who who has range that can extend. But 
he's not a three-point shooter. Uh, if if Brooke Lopez is your best three-point shooter, then that's that's a problem. You can definitely, you know, cover and, and, and get out on the shooter. They need some dudes where it's like, I'm stuck on this guy, and these create the driving lanes. You know you know, it would be great, actually? Houston. <laughs> Put him center on Houston. You mentioned Miami. I mean, you almost like if you basically flipped him with Jimmy Butler, essentially, because you have you met Hero, Duncan Robinson, some of those guys, plus some toughness defensively around him what did you think of the whole idea of you know he didn't guard butler down the stretch and then that became like a post-game talking point i know there was a lot of former players online that were like killing the defensive player of the year for not like taking the assignment yeah my thing though was does he normally do that he he takes the best wing at the end of the game yeah i don't i say yeah, i don't think he does that he's like the he's the help defender for them he's not Kawhi, right but like, i think that's these former players points like you're the mvp like do you want to get to this next level where you're a championship level winner you know who does that Kawhi leonard doesn't necessarily do it in the regular season I want to know who the former player who was saying that who actually did that in their career. <laughs> Channing Fry? Did Channing Fry do that? <laughs> in the regular season when the Warriors had Durant way back in the day, uh, Giannis looked pretty good guarding KD in those regular season games. So it seems like the capability is theoretically there. You know, Maybe Butler's a different kind of player just because he's so strong. Yeah, maybe they have a point. I don't know whose decision that is, though. I don't know if that's a Bud thing or if that's a Giannis thing. And also, they might think it wears them down. Uh, they might think that it's, you know, pick up fouls, whatever. But that's the point that like, we saw it again, and I keep saying to the Warriors, when they had Iguodala, Draymond, Durant, Livingston. You know, they had all these guys they could throw out wing defenders. Miami's got a million guys that could guard Jimmy Butler, including Jimmy Butler. You know, the Bucks are throwing out Chris Middleton. I mean, Chris Middleton is not a terrible defender. But that isn't the guy you want on Jimmy Butler at the end. And Butler's just switching him anyway to get George Hill, and he's destroying George Hill. That is an issue. Is it fair to say this podcast doesn't believe in the Bucks? <laughs> well, I don't think we've seen a lot from them. No, we haven't. I don't know. I mean, it's, what's strange about the Bucks? like they were nearly in the finals last year. I don't know if you remember. They went up 2-0. They, they were winning game three, about to go up 3-0, and then they kind of— you know, in the fourth and quarter, just melted down. Yeah, yeah, they melted down and went to OT. Like they were up 2-0 in OT in Game Three. How many of us were watching that game in that weird bowling alley arcade in Portland? I'm trying to remember. It was just like I don't know if you remember. It's like we we watched it together. How dare you? <laughs> Thanks for the insight uh, for the invite, by the way, because I sure wasn't there. <laughs> uh, we probably did invite you, honestly. Um, <laughs> And then if they got in the finals, like, you know, who knows what happens against, like, the Warriors team that was kind of physically crumbling. But it's not like they were, they've been so far from a title. They were very close to at least the finals where they would have had a chance. That's true. And yet this podcast does not believe in them. It, it would appear. I believe in the Bucks. I believe in Boston. That's my team. I said it before. I'll go. I think that they got those wings. I just, I just think wings, dynamic wings win playoff series. And they got two of them. And they got some other good players too, and they got Kemba who can finish off a game. That's a team I think would is better than the, the Bucks, they're, and they're not even playing them right now. They're better, and that's just to me I think is the formula for winning. And and the Bucks are short one or two of those, and that's like where would Marcus Smart rake on the Bucks? Oh, he'd he'd be he'd be a huge player for that team. The Bucks have historic or historically really the last few years they're a really bad matchup for the Celtics. 
you know, I don't know. It's been kind of like tic-tac-toe mixed match in the East of like what team Al Horford is on at the time. Too. I do think the Heat will be good. Like if the Bucks are for real, like this is good for them. Like this team is, they're never going to stop coming. Like they're never going to stop coming. They're going to force Milwaukee to figure things out. And if they can't do it, they won't win. But if they do... I think it'll help. Like it'll help them kind of feel like they've gotten whatever rhythm they need. They saw some stuff. They're going to have to beat Miami. Like that team is just so tough mentally. They they don't stop coming for you. They're athletic. They run. They can shoot. Like this is a they're a problem. And I always thought they would be a problem because Jimmy Butler is just a problem. So this could be like the catalyst if Milwaukee wants to put it together. Like you beat Miami, you're in good position like mentally as a team and you're also in the Eastern Conference Finals coming off of that. So as long as it's not too too much of a a chunk of flesh taken out of them. And in Boston, you know, if Boston cruises somehow it might be a problem. But I do think they need this. They they need they need to beat a team that gives them a problem. Are we gonna start seeing strange results or just complete team collapses because this is not a standard situation and i think there are players who are getting tired of being there and i do wonder yeah, if the no, they're tired laying. of being there the family <laughs> thing is it, i do think it's changed the equation you see like Giannis's wife and kid were in the bubble last night and i know like you know just going on these lakers zoom calls like you can really tell that the spirit of that team is a get starting to get uplifted just because families are in there and that i assume is every team Again, I don't know how that will affect it, but I do think that a lot of what has been at the core of like kind of, I guess, the depression in there is the lack of like family contact. I was going to add, it is amazing to me that this is Jimmy Butler's fourth team. <laughs> and, you know, we've all like his game. We all know he's good. Maybe not quite a superstar, but man, you want him on your team. And this is his fourth team. To me, this hits like if you're the Warriors, because that's the team we cover. You can get a guy like that. Some, those guys sometimes move because of certain things, you know, and they got one of their own in Draymond, but Jimmy Butler's like, that's a guy that if you, if you make the right decision on him, you make the right call, you can get him. And well, probably can't get him now, but like, you got to find that player. You got to, who is that player out there? And I, I, you know, we don't know, but I think there, there is, there, there are players like that out there and they do change teams all the time. Let me extend that conversation a little bit then. Post-game last night, Joel Embiid tweets, if dot, 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 dot. <laughs> and then he tweets, Jimmy Butler, hashtag too good. He recently went on JJ Reddick's podcast and like said how disappointed he was last summer that the Sixers let Butler and Reddick walk. If we're talking about stars that might be unhappy this summer, and I know he is not a Giannis level of like target, but he ain't that far behind. I mean, I know we talk, talked about last episode like you guys didn't seem too high on the Embiid fit, but if he's the available one, if he's the one that is willing to like publicly ask out, he seems more to me willing to publicly. The dude that's on Under Armour, with a certain, <laughs> uh, other athlete. who goes to dinner with Steph Curry and Aisha Curry. No, if they could, if they can get him, they got to do it. I mean, he's not Giannis, and there's probably one or two others that I, you would probably want above him, Anthony Davis, who's not gonna, who's not, who's not gonna move teams, but he's a pending free agent. I'd worry about his health. I'd worry about, you know, the pounding on that body. And we know that his feet and knees and all that stuff can get, get worn down. But if you can get Joel Embiid and that's, that's your center for the next five years, you, you got to do it if you're the Warriors. If it costs you Wiggins and both picks, absolutely. Because are, are you going to get bit better than that from those two picks and, and Wiggins? Probably not. You, you got to do it. Philly would probably go after a different package, you know, and a Hollinger. I don't know if that's a Myers move. 
I, I think Myers is very, more so than other GMs, I think he's worried about health. That was a reason why they didn't ultimately pull the trigger on the Kevin Love trade beyond Jerry West's advocacy was the the fears about the knee. And they love that Clay Thompson is until the NBA Finals in 2019 so durable. I agree. I think that's the high variance. You got, you're not in a position to win the championship right now if you're the Warriors. You don't have the horses for it. So you need to take that swing. You need to take that risk. But I don't know if that's the kind of risk that Bob Myers tends to take. For the two ones and Wiggins, I don't know. I mean, again, that's sort of their future, but it's only sort of their future. It's not like, oh, my God, look at this. It's like the you know the Celtics bunch of picks they had about five years ago. It's okay, you know, but that the Timberwolves pick might end up being like the 12th pick. It's not like that's going to be, and it can't be one, two, three. I'd give up those picks for an Embiid-like player. Absolutely. I'd give up those picks for even lower than Embiid. And I think if the Warriors, I'll look at it this way, if the Warriors get Embiid and and they join them with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. You think the Lakers and Clippers are happy about that? <laughs> they are not. Like that that that's going to send a shudder through the rest of the league. You know, the way that the Cousins did deal did in a way that they probably shouldn't have. And B to the Warriors for giving them one last run, maybe two last runs, I think would really shake up the West, at least emotionally. Yeah, and I mean again, like MB does seem like the personality that would enjoy the, you know, public nature of kind of dictating his future yeah and maybe the second or third scoring option like you know he wouldn't you know again i think he sort of likes that with with the sixers he also sort of doesn't like and he doesn't send out love bouquets to jimmy butler now without thinking man that guy would have taken a lot of burden off of what i got it would have been great to have another good player like jimmy butler that's what he was thinking he'd be an interesting personality to drop in the warriors locker room i know that The thing is, like, I think the trouble is with the Sixers aren't rebuilding. Even if they were to trade and be there, they don't want a couple 20-year-olds. And, again, I know, like, me and Hollinger talked about it, but maybe that's a reroute. That's a three-team deal where those picks then get Sixers, you know, win-now pieces. That also requires Embiid forcing his way out, which I don't know. Yeah, and if you're the Sixers, don't you, you keep Embiid and trade Simmons if you have to make that decision, right? I think you, I think you keep Embiid. Again, you, he, his emotions might be different, but, I mean, if you got a call, you keep Embiid over Simmons. They might not necessarily have that choice. If one is more unhappy than the other, I don't know. Look again. We've talked about this. If you're the Warriors, do you want if you do you want Simmons? I'd say I see. I just don't like the Simmons fit with the Warriors. At this I'm going to sound like an old crusty sports talk radio guy, but I just feel like Embiid is a winner and a competitor, and Simmons, I got questions, and maybe that's not the right way to make decisions, but that's kind of where I'm at with it. Am, am I crazy for feeling that way? It's a little Colin Coward like, but uh... <laughs> you know, you got your guys, you got your winners. And you got guys who are just happy to be there. Austin, Texas. Do that. You know, <laughs> you see Ben Simmons fish, you understand how he... Okay. Why do you say Simmons doesn't feel like a winner, but Embiid does? I didn't say doesn't feel like a winner. I just said I got questions. You know what it is? Now it's I'm like getting every really... year, it's like, oh, he needs to be in better shape. That feels like a winning thing to me. You know, losing reveals character. It reveals character. They say winning doesn't. No, it's losing does it. You know, you, 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 you see Joel Embiid lose the game against the Raptors. What's he doing? He's crying. He's crying. He cares. Ben Simmons, eyes are dry. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Live sports are back. Think about this. It's very possible, especially with the way Jamal Murray's been going, that we may see 
an NBA playoff matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets. You know where I'm going with this because our partners Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure that when your Nuggets are clipped, it is done as safe as possible. Yes. So, Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Now look, we've been sheltering in place. We've been quarantining. It's a pandemic. So yes, let yourself go. We got it. I understand. And there's liberation in that. There's liberation and freedom and letting nature take its course and not being concerned with with such matters. There are graver concerns to have. But at some point, it's time to, uh, you know... Deal with the landscape. And that's why the Lawnmower 3.0 is perfect for you. Because it is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. It has this ceramic blade. And it has a skin safe technology. So the snags when you are clipping your nuggets will be reduced. They actually just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit. Right? Which is like the perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0. Now the, the Shears 2.0... It's like this fancy nail kit. It's got the, the tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes like those slash tip tweezers, the rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and the medium grit nail file. Yes, it's time to get out of that quarantine mindset and get your stuff together. The Perfect Package 3.0, that comes with the new and improved Lawnmower Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer. You also get the Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag. So when we're done quarantining, you got your whole package. You're straight. So the Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. Now the Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant. The Crop Reviver is a sprayer-on toner. So it's got the smooth, soothing aloe and the witch hazel extracts. Now, you can get all this 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. If you use the code, the athletic 20, 20% off, go get your 20% off and your free shipping by going to manscaped.com and type in, in the code, the athletic 20. And you need to do this before the Clippers face the nuggets, because even if they don't make in the playoffs, they will be meeting in your briefs. Should we talk Rockets Thunder at all? That was bad. That was really bad last night. And if you're so James how many Harden, people in the Warriors organization were no, texting laugh, each other, laugh, like celebrating that, yeah, that yeah. moment? <laughs> Russell Westbrook, complete melt. Again, he's just coming back from injury. You know, he might, but that's who he is. And maybe not airball, but certainly brick. It's, I think the other question is, if you're James Harden, how can you let that happen? How can you run away from the ball for the last three possessions? It's not like Westbrook was having a good game up to that point. Westbrook was not good, and then and then Harden just let him go. They look tired to me, man. They look God, this tired. This is the first round. They're in the first round. What are they going to be like in the third round if After they get After like four that? months off. Exactly. This is not good. It's a not a good sign. I think they're the better team. I thought they were going to win last night, but it's not a good sign. Chris Paul is just eating them up. Chris Paul plus 20 last night, by the way. 40 minutes. Don't make me shout Sam Presti out again. Don't make me. <laughs> hey, these are my these Sam are Pressy. my Oklahoma City Thunder, my 101 that is true. Thunder. That is true. That is true. It's just, I can't believe, even if you're tired, 
it's almost like Harden is trying to show the world, look, I'm tired. Look at me run away from the ball rather than just grab the ball, go do something. And, you know, you can get fouled. And the whole thing is he's going to get fouled and get two free throws. What is he doing at the end of the game? Part of me was wondering if he was like, if there was just like this internal knowledge of like, you know what, Rust, you end the Thunder season. <laughs> and like that obviously completely backfired. Of course and, like, there was like some inner dialogue happening, like, you know why not commercials and all kind of stuff was going on his head that's part of the problem like it's like not game time situation what big series has russ closed out by the way tony parker spurs once i guess so um, but i like i not, not i've seen I the inverse remember. yeah I've seen. <laughs> you know who he killed he killed chris paul in a clip he did he killed oh him. he destroyed okay. him in 2014 completely okay, destroyed it's been a while and that wasn't with james harden as his teammate who should be able to close out. Russ also has declined. I mean, we could, like, he's not what he was then. I mean, well, the jump shot is, I mean, uh, just the fact that you're going to put it on his jump shot is amazing to me. He puts it, he puts it on his jump shot. Trust (laughs) me. He's the one making a lot of these executive decisions, but he just doesn't have that to the rim burst. Now you see it occasionally. He had one fast break yesterday, but he used to like fast break layups like nine times a game. Now it's like one or two times you see flashes. Uh, and that generally has made him a worse player, but we'll see. I mean, like, you know, he's coming off this quad injury. It, it's not unrealistic to think a week from now we're talking about how he's playing really well against the Lakers and it's 1-1 Rockets Lakers, and, like, Russ is a main reason for that. You're the Lakers uh, You're Lakers writer now. If you, Who do the Lakers want? Oh, they want the Thunder for sure. If the Thunder get by Houston, that is such a mission-accomplished season. I mean, they're just going to be laughing about the trades, laughing that they eliminated Westbrook, saying we got further with this team than we did with the Westbrook-Paul George Thunder two straight years. And you have so many young guys on that team that would be like, can't believe that happened, awesome. And then I think the Lakers pound them in round two. Whereas Houston, if they get by, Houston's like on the end of their legs as a core, right? This Now, it didn't look like it last night, but this should be the most desperate Houston should be right like they're all trying to win a title before the clock runs out whereas the Thunder that is really Chris Paul leading a bunch of NBA babies and saying look this is what playoff basketball is so uh to me like it's not even a question and and the high variance of Houston Houston's much more dangerous if they put it together than the Thunder yeah I think the matchups are a pretty big deal like if you're Anthony Davis you want a team that's playing a lot of Steven Adams you know if he's playing Houston that's going to be interesting with their five out. Obviously, he'd have an advantage posting up, but over a series, you know, him having to defend on the perimeter, that feels like a matchup the Lakers would much rather have Steven Adams trying to trying to keep up with Anthony Davis than Anthony Davis trying to keep up with Robert Covington. I don't think any of those dudes actually like Garden Harden. I think they know they're going to end up on some highlight, and they just rather avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless he out, just stops playing at the end it stops playing at the yeah, end yeah that will probably not, happen not but he's gonna put up 60 on you and it's gonna it's gonna you know bad. houston set a record too at the beginning of this playoffs they shot 50 or more threes in four straight games like you know and we all know this but you know look we we're kind of ripping on houston who were the warriors you know closest that the healthy warriors closest to losing in the duran era the most so, like, they can be dangerous. They're a tricky playoff matchup. And to me, you want the less tricky playoff matchup. To me, Lakers-Thunder would be, like, a very, you know, well-respected five-game series where LeBron and Chris Paul shake hands after the Lakers eliminate the Thunder. If so. the league ever, like, if the league does ever, you know, intervene, as so many fans think. That would be the series. They, they, this is the, 
<laughs> you can't have Oklahoma City advancing. The NBA Players Association president, though. I mean, I'm sorry. There's too much money on the line with the new with with the new TV deal. With the new TV deal hanging in the balance, can't be Oklahoma City. I'm sorry. Like this this whole uh, Dennis Schrader matchup is not is not appealing, right? Now we're losing the Sam Presti subscription just for that for that statement. We're going to lose Sam. No, 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 you would agree. Yeah, I was going to say Sam is nodding. Oh yeah, with the plot. Yeah, with the plot. He's going to call Marcus after and go, "Hey, you know, make sure to write write a call about this." My main problem with the houston rockets too much jeff green that's like there's only so far you can go with jet playing jeff green the funny part is he's been playing well yeah, yeah, yeah. not last night not, not last not night, last by the night. Way. Not, not, yeah. not. but but yeah. but he had been playing really well he's like there's he's like, like there's he get over the tk curse he's that dude that sets you up he sets you up he starts playing well you're like oh we got jeff green it's going well and then he jeff greens they got seven guys and he's one of them that's too much too much too much him. That high variance approach they have, it can be good overall, but when you've got one game to win and you're facing the underdog, ooh. <laughs> well, you mean you, you might miss 24 straight three pointers? Is that what you're Something saying? like Theoretically, that. Theoretically, yeah. whatever it was. Chris Paul was. smells blood, too, you know, and he, oh. Oh, he's uh, he's com- he's not even like angry, desperate Chris Paul. He's just like, I know I got you, Chris Paul. Like, <laughs> Chris Paul hasn't I'm won a title. This would Chris feel Paul. like a title to Chris Paul. Just this series win would feel. This like. sort of reminds me of the Warriors Clippers last year. Anybody like the Warriors are more talented. They got the veterans. They're looking for a big picture. They're just trying to get this thing off their leg that is biting them and you know the Warriors had supreme talent and they could do it they just had to say okay Kevin yeah you better shoot now and you know it's up to Harden it's up to Harden to do that or or he won't be able to do it but I it's that same you know a lot of the same players maybe that's why I'm thinking it uh that are now you know we're on the Clippers that are they're now in OKC but I, I just see that same kind of energy that this like you wouldn't take that team roster for roster up in this playoffs, but you see the energy, you, you see that level, and at some point they might just break through. We'll see. With Harden's going to have to win it for Houston. I really do believe that. It's a feel-good season for the Thunder, no matter what, and oh, not what? so. What do you what? mean? Yes, it is. No, I mean like absolutely. This is incredible for the. Thunder. Well, th- that's the other thing that you don't like if you're if you're the Rockets because all the pressure. All the pressure is on Houston. There is no pressure on the Thunder right now. It is a golf clap, well done, good season, no matter what they do out there. And for the Rockets, with their billion-dollar allotment hope they don't of salary. I have a maskless reunion and a maskless parade in Oklahoma City for them. Oh, <laughs> oh, tell, 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 well, your homies, tell your homies, Slater. Put a mask. Wow, that was a low blow. One of those OKC, they're all up against the fence when they fly in. Yeah, I mean, we know they show up, right? We know they Oklahoma City is is the place where there will be people greeting this Thunder team. I'm just saying, wear a mask. Yeah, well, OU football starts like next week or something, so you know they, they could. Oh look. yeah, <laughs> that's anyway. right. We're so late in the season. I keep forgetting. Oh, that. Yeah, Big Twelve oh, football. Never yeah, I've lost right. track of which conferences are playing and which aren't at this well, point. Well, the Big 12 is. Um, but this kind of goes along with what we're talking about. But I don't know if you guys remember the scores in this series. It's like Rockets blow up by 20. Rockets blow up by 30. Rockets blow up by 34. And then it's overtime Thunder win. Two-point late Thunder win. The the game last night that was like obviously really close down the stretch. And, and that's, to me, I think Game 7 is a Rockets runaway. Or if it's close... That pressure starts getting to them. The Thunder all season have been just the closer team. 
And that's when it gets really dangerous. I mean, that just comes down to, are they making threes, right? I think it's a little bit of that, but I, it's just tightness, too. Uh, you know, it's the tightness of the fourth against a, a loose team that all season, I mean, look at the crunch time numbers. Like, you know how it's like projected wins to actual wins. Like, if you look at point differential, like, this is how many games this team should have win compared to... Uh, how many they have the thunder are way above what they should be because like they just sometimes they get blown out but if they're in a close game they're winning that close game and houston clearly in this series hasn't been i mean you saw the meltdown down the stretch last night either way this might be the end of the thunder this series or next so we got to do something to celebrate i'm sorry the, the rockets either this <laughs> yeah it's like, it's like the thunder we got to do something to celebrate the rockets I, man the rockets, rockets would be dangerous they yeah, have rockets are they'll be grateful. dangerous against the lakers they'll be dangerous Man, if they get there lose, but they'll still lose but is this the end of the rockets like this season though or like they, we, we start going into next season like who's done who's well done? Th- this is a question for well, ethan Tony's about... already going to indiana right yeah <laughs> <laughs> The question for Ethan is how much his uh, his uh, main man Fertitta is willing to like if he's willing to keep paying luxury tax. Are they going to trade Westbrook? They're not going to trade Harden. That guy looks like he's hurting for cash. I would say. But by the way, this is part of the drinking game of uh, this podcast. You take a drink every time Tillman Fertitta is mentioned. There's one. Yeah, Tillman Fertitta. Hey, look, man. So if we I, say I, Tillman Fertitta, then people got to take a drink. I think that's where we're at. Yeah. Okay, so what other names? Every time we say Tillman Fertitta, you gotta take a drink, or Sam Presti, you gotta take a drink. Joe Lacob, David Lee, I feel like David. David oh, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. Right it's gotta there. be. It can't be Joe Lacob because that's we're gonna say Warren Legary. Warren Legary. <laughs> how about Giannis? Yeah, no. Giannis, Giannis will be drunk. <laughs> I got one for Marcus too. Jamal Crawford. Oh, that's <laughs> JC a good one. baby. That's, <laughs> yes, better that's than Rodney one. Stuckey. <laughs> I think everyone gets a name. So I think Tim's is David Lee. I'll take Presty. Ethan's is definitely Fertita, and Marcus gets a. Uh, but it's, it's always Tillman Fertita. You got to say the both names. That's he just loves that name. He loves. Shut up and listen. <laughs> Shut up and listen. Yeah. Well, considering that he seems to be begging for money, um, I think he's fairly strapped for cash. But I also think for a lot of these owners, it's an interesting situation. They will sell everything before they sell that team. It is an exclusive club. And this is how the team values for the NBA can go up even as interest might decline. It's because we're still producing more and more billionaires and we aren't producing more and more teams. So there's just a a supply and demand issue. And if you're Tillman Fertitta, the name I so like to say... It was not a name I would be saying or even know had he not bought the Rockets. And that's why I don't think he'll ever sell the Rockets. Does he want to spend a bunch of money right now? I don't think so. But I just don't think – I think it's going to be hard. For these guys whose egos are wrapped up in it, I think it's going to be hard for them to sell. What I was trying to get – I guess I was getting in a sideway when I mentioned whether the Rockets are done or not. Next year, are the Mavericks better than the Rockets? Are, Are the Mavericks one of the top four teams next season? I don't think so. Well, the Porzingis knee stuff is not, you know, we I got to know where he is because next season potentially could be kind of soon. So if it's just Luca and like Porzingis is in and out of the lineup or hurt and then like they, they have a max though. They have a max slot available, but to me it sounds like that's being safe for, or I think it becomes available in 2021 because yeah, they got off this season. Yes, Tim Hardaway, yes, I think he's no, making yeah, like yeah, 17 yeah, million. Yeah. Or I'm going to throw a wild one at you because you hear about, okay, Luka's getting punched around. Marcus Morris and the Clippers are in him. They, you know, the Mavericks need a dog. They need tough guys. They need somebody to back him up. They need something to, to have other teams fear them in a physical way. 
Would you trade Porzingis for Draymond Green if you're Dallas? I don't think you do that if you're Dallas. If you if you're the Warriors, you you probably you yeah. probably I, do I, if that. I'm Dallas, I'd think about it. I'd think about Ooh. it. Ooh. Oh, the problem is Dallas quite clearly strategy has been spread the floor around Luca. I mean, they had like an unbelievable offensive rating this year. That's what they love about Porzingis, a big who can shoot it out to 28 feet. And then they just want to shoot, shoot, shoot around him. Now you're right. Like they do need toughness and better defense, but Draymond and Luca, that just, that just might crunch the court more than Dallas seems to want to. I agree, but you know, then you spread it out like that. You're doing it with Tim Hardaway Jr., who just destroys you on the defensive. You know, like there is some weakness with doing that. Man, I don't know that they're going to win a championship with it. You know, this they could add other things and they could be great. I, I I shouldn't say that, but I think Porzingis is a luxury item for them. Look how they played without him. Like, right? I mean, they almost took a game or two without him just because Luca's so good. If you put a tough guy who can pass the ball and play defense. Whether it's Draymond, I'm just saying Draymond is that like that's to me the, the epitome of that. That team would be a lot better than it would be even with the healthy Porzingis, in my opinion. If you put Draymond on that team, they're dramatically better, especially defensively. I think they're you know you add one more player, I think they're a championship contender with Draymond and not with Porzingis. That's my opinion. I want to see how Luca is off the ball. Like that would be that would be kind of important because you know Draymond's gonna have he's gonna want the ball in his hands. But I just wonder if they why not? What, who's the younger version? If you're giving up if you're giving up a 25 year old, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't. But that's how you get it. That's, that's how you get it is when the older played. You know, Warriors wouldn't trade Draymond. You know, four years ago, ever. If you're the Warriors, do you do that deal? You think about it. You think about it. You think about it. You you definitely get those medicals, those Christoph Porzingis medicals, because Ooh, the medicals, boy. Portland the hasn't staff. had that play. They've had Dame Lillard through you know to his prime years, and they haven't done Portland's what we think they should do because they need yeah. yeah they need somebody like Draymond. If they had Draymond four years ago, they'd probably be at least you know a couple more trips to the Western Conference Finals and maybe or in the finals. Yeah, yeah, maybe through. And it's just that kind of player. You just see, you spot, like, Miami's got three of them. They're freaking good. Toronto's got two of them. You know, those players kind of grind you through these series. Now, Draymond's at the end of that, you know, spectrum. I know know that. I'm just saying, if you're Dallas, you might have to overpay for something like that, whether it's Draymond or, or whoever else. Or you better figure out how to get one because I don't think they get through but yeah, Luca definitely needs it though. Yes, he no needs question. It. It's the blueprint, right? It's clearly. I mean, it, you, you probably could see it coming with any like European player, but they're gonna try to beat him up. Like if they if they perceive any any bit of like like what teams used know, to do to Steph, right? Or still kind of do to Steph. Absolutely. If they perceive you know, any bit of like he can't handle it, he's soft. Like they're they're going to do it. And Marcus Morris just basically started it. Like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna beat this dude up. The one thing I would say team building wise is they can be patient. Luca's so young; they have him under control. I they got money. I wouldn't money, panic yeah. move and, and send a young asset. I don't out know. For he might ready. He might be ready to go to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he's got a lot of years before he can make that decision. Again, I don't think you panic and because tr- you're trying to like you know compete at the end of a window. This is the absolute beginning of your Luka Doncic window. So uh, just be smart with it and don't you know don't don't mortgage young pieces to like get a year or two of good Draymond before he kind of, you know, maybe starts to climb more. That would be pretty, two pretty interesting years though. I, I just, they I think they have, and again, I know Draymond's at this, the, the far end of that spectrum, but I, they got like Portland let it go for six years of this where they just didn't get that player. 
and look at where they are. I mean, you know, I, I don't know any of us are going to say Portland is going to be better next year than they were. I mean, they're counting on Carmelo Anthony. Luca's ceiling as a championship level superstar is higher than Damian Lillard's yes, ever that is was. Correct. That is correct. That is correct. That is correct. He's just a bigger player. He's just what do you got? Two years left? I, I do think it's important to be in those mixes, though. Two years left Luka. of what? Of Luca? Of his rookie deal. Rookie deal. But, 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 I mean, you know, he's going to sign. Gonna sign. Yeah. yeah, he'll yeah, sign the max extension. extension. Yeah, and the other thing is, if you're Dallas, like, this is kind of a time to wait out Do we out know what LA? that max extension is? I well, mean, no one does. No one. doesn't matter. He'll just, even if he went restricted free agency, they would just match. I mean, like. Five, five dollars and some coupons at Tillman Fertitta's Casino is the, <laughs> the next max. <laughs> oh, max my. That's a free lorries. <laughs> but if you're Dallas, don't, like, part of right now is, you know, finding good young pieces to build around him. But also, like, you're going to have to wait out these two L.A. teams and even, like, this, like, Warriors, like, last-ditch effort. Like, Dallas should probably own 2022, 2023, and beyond if they build it right. They just need to be patient with the building, I think. I want to be good next season if I'm them. I mean, you just, you don't know how long you have. You know, you don't, you think your window's X amount and you just never know. But, uh, you know, you don't, you don't jeopardize the future. But, man, if I'm them, I think I can just turn this, I could just turn this around. You know, Pat Riley does it every four years. Just figure out how to get a tough guy, you know, get a tough guy, power forward, center type. Uh, and just take a run at these teams. You, you never know when they get instantly old. You just get Marcus Morris. <laughs> get Marcus Morris. Maybe Markeith. Uh, get Markeith. So, what are the chances Clay makes it to the Warriors camp? Hundred percent. That's actually very important for Clay. It's probably the, he's the player it matters the most to. He hasn't played. Where's Clay been? Six, eight, L.A. Been chilling, Orange huh? County. You know, even talking to you know people around him when it was like clear that he had been cleared from the knee. Like one of the things that they're all talking about was like okay we, we need a timeline for camp so he can gear it up for camp like it's actually again like i said like the camp is probably more important to him than any other player because he needs to see his knee in like live action and that's 15 months from the surgery he should be fine right i mean again i'm sure yeah going to be but you still some, want to test yeah, it yeah, right yeah yeah, you know? yeah exactly we just want to see how it feels next to those players again you know just what does it feel like next to draymond steph and then obviously never having played with wiggins and pascal and all that i mean you do want to feel that and that's what these two weeks are going to be about and see uh see if he can move laterally see if he can play defense all those you know who knows i think he can run up and down and probably could shoot but let's see all the others just you know change direction yeah, and like, how is it on the third day of practice? You know, does Clay come back like, "Hey, man, I'm, I think I'm gonna cut back on my shots." Or are we getting, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not giving up my shots for anybody, Clay. I, w- I wonder if the experience has has changed Clay at all emotionally. I can't imagine. On I think stuff. it's gonna change <laughs> his Clay, minutes. Like, hey, man, I'm just gonna move the ball. I'm just gonna. What, what kind of clay? We're, what kind of clay are we getting? This is Wiggins' team. Like I'm just wow. <laughs> I'm just <saying. laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder what kind of clay we're getting. I'm just gonna be the defensive. I'll just. I'll just play defense. That's I'll all just I'll play defense. Lockdown. That's all I'm gonna do. No shots necessary. I'm hoping they can get fans in the arena next season. That's that's what I'm hoping. Well, they for. clearly hope that too. They clearly hope that too. Yeah, there's some, there's been some advancements in testing. I it's above my pay grade to know what that means and how quickly it means you could just get a bunch of fans tested uh in mass i i don't know but i've got i've got some hope on that i've got some hope on that we'll see you and tillman Fertito figure that one out me and tilly i think joe lake have got to eat it <laughs> yeah that's always always the case always got the to. case 
Get those fans in. Get them in. I need that two hundred million dollars. Uh, our, our colleague John Krasinski wrote a great piece about the Timberwolves' involvement in the saliva test. I thought that was really interesting. That was a really good piece by Krasinski. But if if, if they can, I think I think part of the the trauma of all this is people just get terrified about that thing going all the way up to their brain. The swab, the swab, right? I know a bunch of people are like, yeah, I'm not getting tested. I don't want that thing in my nose. But uh, I it, like if the saliva test is as accurate, I, I definitely think that'll help. Uh, and we're to the point where it's, it's where it kind of has to happen, right? It's, I, I wonder, Slater, do you know, this is what I was thinking last night. Is there any chance, even if the bubble goes off and then maybe it doesn't perform as well, these uh, networks can just be like, yeah, we still... We still need some money back. Like maybe not all of it, but this this wasn't what we paid for, or is the, or is it is it agreed upon? Yeah, I don't think they can do that because the NBA is presenting them all the hours of programming they said they would. Uh, I, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't. I don't read these legal contracts. So. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm 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 not sure. I think I think ESPN might have recouped some. Of the money, well, they missed some games. Well, they missed some games. That's why. yeah, they, they they recouped some money. And you had this situation last week where there was, I, I guess, you're supposed to call it a strike instead of a boycott. And so, I don't know what the claim might be. Uh, something interesting is going to happen in ratings land, drink, which is they're going to change how the ratings are counted, um, from, from here on out. So, there's going, going to include be a, out of home, out of home yes, viewers, right? Or try exactly. to, try to, I mean. It's all an estimate, but the sports numbers are going to go up. There's no question about that. And that's a matter of how much they're going to go up. They're going to include bars and, you know, all these other things. Um, and that's sports. Those, you go to a bar and those, those TVs are tuned into sports. So, you know, it's all relative. I, 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 think, look, I think. Look at Ethan's prompted change out here in these streets. If I'm if I'm Adam Silver, I'm calling every airport in America, and I'm going no 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 CNN. We we need to flip it to the flip 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 it to the to the NBA, please please. Could you do that for me? That would be great. Thank you. Uh, but I think you know what I mean. Me being Mr. Pratt, I think a lot of this has already been baked into to the rights fees because TV you know networks know this. They're not just going off of that number. If they were just going off that number, these rights fees wouldn't be as expensive as they are because it's not quite indicative of the grander audience for these games because it's just a part of a social consciousness that people are watching, understanding, feeling, experiencing these games that isn't exactly related to the ratings point. It's because of the people in bars. It's because of people in airports. It's because of all these other things. So I don't think it's going to be as big a deal in the rights fees as, as people are anticipating. I just think the numbers are going to go up and you know we'll talk about it. it'll be in the chattering class of which we are ethan leading the way we'll talk about it that way but it's all percentages it's all like again these the rights fees for the nfl are the numbers are good the, the ratings but the rights fees are ridiculous compared to the numbers why because actually the people who watch the nfl games is larger than is counted it we know this to be the case it's live television you have to watch it that's what advertisers want and they pay maximum dollars for it and it'll be the the opposite of uh, attendance at like baseball games huh well (laughs) yeah i mean twenty thousand people like man ain't no twenty thousand people exactly or yeah or you know formally the the uh, attendance announced at raiders games you might say that one you know it's like you know they announced whatever yeah yeah. but but the impact of it the impact of what is happening is larger you know it it just is for uh, uh, most sporting events and including the bubble 
I'm going Lakers podcast. Forum Lakers club. podcast. Subscribe. Club. Drink, everybody. drink, drink. Forum the club. Final drink. All right. Thanks for uh, listening. We will holler at y'all next week. Hopefully, we got something to talk about. <laughs>